SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Don't believe us. Never turn us off. You'll see. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, let's get the fun started from Las Vegas today here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot ready to rock and roll with you. And we're sitting here. With a bevy of wonderful guests, our buddy Adam Burke's going to join us from ATS.io this hour. And in our second hour, Tony Neville from Treasure Island is going to swing by the studios, and he is always great fun. Our buddy v- uh, Vinny Maliulo, longtime uh, sportsbook director, Las Vegas legend, will join us as well in our second hour here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Racing, racing towards the turkey. I got the Coleman cooler on the patio. Did a bunch of podcasts and a lot of work this morning, Stevie. And I keep peeking over my shoulder. And, uh, you know, that bird's, he's hes game, man. He's ready. He's getting ready. All I got to do is walk to the neighbors. All I got to do is walk to the neighbors. I'm, I don't know, I'm not doing anything. I, uh, I haven't seen anything. I'm not looking at anything. But he called me this morning. He, my, my neighbor, Chet, wanted to make sure I was still coming on Thursday. I'll be there, Chet. There you go. Well, your social calendar is always so full. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, again, I want to wish everybody out there a happy Thanksgiving. We've got the three football games. And honestly, news, really sad news, the Cowboys canceled their practice today. The strength and conditioning coach fatally stricken with with a heart attack this morning. So uh, clearly a shock to the system for the Cowboys, and they'll be playing the game with a heavy heart. And, you know, it's like, man, we want to talk sports, bud. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you get something as unfortunate as that. That's life, you know. But this virus thing, you know, late at night, like, okay, thankfully, you know, my day's done. You know, we do locally. Uh, we're in the KSHP studios here in Las Vegas, kshp.com, uh, Pacific Time 1 to 2 uh, for four years. And we'll be doing it again today, Vegas Hockey Hotline. As a terrific hockey show. I mean, we're very proud of it. The guests are great. If you're a hockey fan, plenty of Golden Knights talk, but a lot of talk uh, with great guests around the NHL. We invite you to join us for that. But going to bed last night, all of a sudden, right here in our backyard, four of the Golden Knights test positive uh, for COVID. And then it's reported to some of their family members as well. And you're like, boy, oh, boy, this NHL thing is is gets sketchier and sketchier. Then you wake up this morning and numerous Columbus Blue Jackets uh, have tested positive for COVID. And we're sitting here waiting for them to put a schedule together for the upcoming season. And there are a myriad of issues and challenges for them to put a campaign together. And now you throw this into the hopper. How do you do a training camp? So, Brian, I, I worked from four to midnight at Don Best last night. I spent the entire eight hours, and I'm not kidding, the entire eight hours basically 
postponing and canceling college basketball games and Dominican baseball games. And then I wake up this morning, and as you said, Columbus and Vegas. And then we also have two members of the Canadian World Junior Team test positive. And I know the games are going to be in a bubble. I I imagine they are not yet. I don't don't know the answer to that. Uh, But but they canceled today's scrimmage. Mm -hmm. So the hits just keep coming in 2020. The the problem is, and you sincerely hope not, but if it's four Golden Knights or seven Blue Jackets and two World Junior guys, that's today. Right. What is it tomorrow? Yeah. Well, in in the NFL, we're we're trying to play games on Thanksgiving. Baltimore doesn't have any running backs. And, And then a guy like Adam Thielen plays on Sunday, has a fantastic game, and Monday morning tests positive. So his team members and the team they played have to be wondering. Well, well the Cowboys. The yeah. Cowboys got to turn around and play on Thursday. Now you've got the, several of the Ravens, numerous Ravens. And the other thing that's in play here is I think the NFL, I think they've drawn a line in the sand. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, they made an, a, a statement. Well, but no, I mean, when ten, when it first happened, Tennessee turned the league upside down for about two and a half, three oh, weeks. I, I know. Okay, you're right. Games moved back, buys canceled for certain teams. It impacted five, six teams. And then, okay, Cam Newton tested positive quarterback. Well, they didn't move that game back. And this is the primetime NBC game. They had 20 million viewers for the Sunday night game here on NBC with the Raiders and the Chiefs, you've got the Ravens and the Steelers on Thanksgiving night. And as crass as it is, money talks. And I don't think the NFL, although they'd have the luxury of doing that because it's a Thursday game, I think they've told these teams, it is what it is, guys. It's, I mean, not that, you know, no guarantee. You try to do all the right things you can, I guess, and you can still get it. But I think they're saying it's incumbent on teams to get it right, but we're not moving games anymore. And the only games they get moved, I believe, will be playoff games. Right. I, I I found that interesting for the point. I, I understand what you're talking about w- w- with money, but if they were to reschedule those games, it just bleeds the season out longer. In essence, they could make more money by the season being longer. Who who cares if the Super Bowl is in March? Man, wouldn't you just love to come out and like, hey, man, that football game last night. But that's what we're going to do in our next segment. Adam Berg's going to join us. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Fun two hours for you today. Coming to you from Las Vegas. Racing towards Thanksgiving. No gobble, gobble, gobble. Man, I know. I'm just drooling, waiting for that turkey. Can't wait. Can't wait for our next segment with Adam Berg. We invite you to keep it right here. Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. song in the mornings for me when I'm on the patio doing Adam Burke's podcast on ATS.io. 
I mean, I'm bundled up in sweatshirts, hoods. You know, it's like 50 degrees, right? And it's hard to explain to people. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot in Las Vegas. I'm from the Northeast. Mm -hmm. Stevie's from Northern California. Yeah. But when you live here, 50 degrees feels like 30. Yes. I mean, yes, I yeah, bring the violin out. I'm a baby and I'm whining. But your body, your the blood, the whole night, it changes. Correct. And we're also getting older. I had to bring that up to you. But I, I think that plays into it, too. I remember my grandparents in, in the dead of summer in July would have a roaring fire going in the living room because you, as, as you get older, you like it warmer. That's why everybody goes to Florida. All right. And then, you know, Adam hosts the show from like this cozy, warm confines of his office. Adam Burke, ATS.io, kind enough to join us here on Sports Grid Radio. Hello, Adam. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I just want to let you know I turned the air conditioning on in the house just so I can, you know, feel uh, like I'm on your wavelength. Well, that's greatly appreciated. By the way, Adam's based in Cleveland. Uh, you've had the ridiculous rainy conditions that have come swooping through there. It's amazing around Lake Erie. I was watching races up at Woodbine in Toronto over the weekend, and it was a blizzard. And... You know, it's amazing where it goes off that lake. You never know. But did you you got a smattering of snow once so far this year? Uh, yeah, well, not much. I wouldn't even yeah. call it a dusting. Yeah, but uh, uh, don't weather's worry, about it's to be a thing. Yeah, weather's about oh, yeah. to be a thing. Uh, the Thanksgiving Day football games, Adam, are interesting to say the least. Houston, Detroit, neither team. Not a boatload to play for, so you try to handicap the motivation, how that'll shake out. We have Washington and Dallas. Dallas had jarring news at their practice facility today. But the, the reality of this game is at 3-7, and seven, the winner vaults to the top of the NFC East, and then we have the get-out game, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Rivalry game, Pittsburgh trying to stay unbeaten. It's a, it's a pretty bizarre mix of football games on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the Lions generally aren't playing for much of anything by this time of the year. So I guess maybe they're sort of familiar with this role, but Houston is not. And, and that's something I think makes the Texans really difficult to bet on or against. I mean, I think that they're playing very hard for Romeo Cornell. Obviously, they didn't like Bill O'Brien for a variety of different reasons, but this is also a team that, you know, at this point in the year is gearing up for that playoff push in the AFC South. They're fighting for, you know, they're jockeying for position in the division. This year, it's it's none of that. So you wonder going forward if the Texans are fully invested, fully engaged. But I think maybe the Cornell factor, since he's not going to get the job full time, and this could very well, you know, be his last chance as a head coach being in his 70s. I feel like maybe the Texans do kind of have a little bit more motivation that we would anticipate. Stevie, do I need assistance? I'm actually looking forward to the Washington-Dallas game. I'm thinking the same thing. I, I Honestly, as goofy as that sounds, I think it's it's an evenly matched game. Yeah. And there's a lot on the line, even though we make jokes about the NFC East, deservedly so. That doesn't mean, though, the, whatever team comes out of this division isn't capable of an upset when the playoffs. Well, and then you got the feel good story with uh, Alex Smith and that Washington defense is playing really, really well. I'm looking forward to the game. 
It's an intriguing game, isn't it, bud? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, as, as Stevie just mentioned, I mean, the Washington defense has been great. The Dallas defense really hasn't been great at, at really any point this season. And, you know, I was on Minnesota last week. I thought it was a good spot for the Vikings. I knew Dallas was coming off the bye, but... You know, Andy Dalton really hadn't thrown a football in like a month. I mean, he had that really bad concussion, then got COVID, and, you know, had a pretty bad case of that while dealing with the head trauma. And Dallas played pretty well, all things considered. I I was pretty impressed with the way they came out and played in that one. I don't know if it's sustainable heading into this week. I kind of lean Washington in that one, but... I would need better than three at, you know, extra juice here with the the football team like we're seeing right now. I, I would have to get, you know, three and a half or plus three minus 05, you know, some kind of better price than what's available now. They did play well against Minnesota, and the defense was improved. I thought Elliott played with Hart, uh, C.D. Lamb. They, they, played with, they played with some fire in that football game, which was oddly missing the majority of the season. But specifically the defense has just been a disaster what would your guess be? The improved effort defensively against the Vikings was a function of extra time to prepare and freshness coming off a bye? Uh, or they are what they are, and we get back to a sense of reality here, and Washington goes up and down the field on them. Was the, was the better defensive effort a one-off? I mean, I guess the the question I sort of have is, you know, what do we make of the Washington offense? I mean, obviously it's been, you know, better with Alex Smith than it was with Kyle Allen and, and Dwayne Haskins, but this still isn't a very explosive Washington offense. You know, Minnesota has the ability to create explosive plays and really for whatever reason in, in that game, you know, they didn't do a particularly great job of that. Well, they did have seven yards per play. So, you know, some of that was a function of trailing in the second half and, and stuff like that. I honestly don't know. Detroit or uh, Dallas, excuse me, is just a team that I, I can't really get a pulse on here this year. And uh, Washington is a team that I, I sort of feel the same way. So that's why I'm talking, you know, I, I would need more line value, a, a plus three, minus oh five, not getting to three and a half now at this point in time. So probably a game I'll stay off of. Maybe some interest in, in the over, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm more focused on that nightcap. Well, speaking of the nightcap, let me just ask you, I'm of the belief the NFL is kind of drawn, and Stevie and I talked about it at the outset. I think they've drawn a line in the sand, and it's like, sorry, guys, it is what it is. You know, if you were to bring up the entire practice squad, bring up the entire practice squad. Even though they could move this to Sunday, I think they've made – they're not doing what they did with Tennessee however many weeks ago. You know, these games are being played. Yeah, the only concern would be, I guess, that the Ravens had some more positive tests today. And if they have more positive tests tomorrow, you know, it becomes a, a three-, four-day thing of additional positive tests. Then, you know, maybe the NFL makes a decision and does push the game back. But – you know, like, like we talked about on my show today, you and I, look, a lot of people aren't doing anything for Thanksgiving. They're going to be sitting at home, you know, making dinner for their immediate families here. So the NFL, the last thing the NFL wants to do is lose a spotlight game like this on Thursday night when most people aren't working on Friday or if they are, they're working from home. Like you said, I mean, this is big money. I mean, if this was, let's say Houston and Detroit had COVID issues, something like that. I know it's tradition for Detroit to play on Thanksgiving, but Maybe they would say, you know what, we're going to push this game to Sunday. I think because of the magnitude of Baltimore-Pittsburgh, 
I agree with you. I think it could stay there. And unfortunately, it could be to Baltimore's detriment since they're the team that's going to be missing, you know, probably some key personnel. Adam, I don't think they move the game. I, 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 do. I think no. we would have already heard it by now. There, there's not even rumblings coming out of there that that's a possibility. I, I, I think I think Baltimore is just going to have to play with whoever they have available, and and that's going to be it. I don't. The NFL is not moving the game. You know. By the way, this game. Uh, I want to come back. We we got a break coming up here momentarily, but I want to come back and talk about how good is Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's ten and zero. But, I mean, are they a 10-0 and 0 team that strikes fear in anybody's heart? If you look at the schedule, yeah, I mean, good for them. You, you beat who's in front of you. But it's not a gauntlet that they've played. And it'll be interesting to see what the stretch run looks like for them, and specifically this being a big rivalry game coming up. So we'll ask Adam Burke, our guest from ATS.io, about the Steelers in the next segment. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Happy to be with you here on a Tuesday. One more day in the cookie jar. Don't forget, they get special programming Thursday and Friday. So tomorrow we'll be out of here like the start of Le Mans. We're <laughs> out of here right now for a break, but we'll be right back. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the internet. Eight technology grand. Keep it here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back in Las Vegas here on the Sports Green Radio Network. By the way, the big news, Stevie, uh, made it official. January 7th, Sports Grid Network will be on uh, Sirius 204. Will there be cake and ice cream? Uh, for everybody but us. I'll bring you some. Okay. By the way, you never told me. Yeah. You never said that chicken and dumplings thing that my wife made. Oh, I, I keep forgetting. I, I've been meaning to Was call that money or what? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that was a good night. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, yeah. I'm, you see, I, food, if we're handicapping the Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm the, I am all about tunnel vision to Thursday. Favorite holiday? I, I definitely like it. Again, I'm a big pumpkin pie guy. I can't wait for dessert on Thursday. All right. And uh, let's get the uh, menu of games going here with Adam Burke, ATS.io, who's kind enough to join us. Previous segment, Adam, we were talking about the three games, and we had a little more to do on the Steelers game with the Ravens. The Steelers 10 and 0. But I look at this, the Giants, the Broncos, Texans, Titans, tough one. Eagles a mess. Cleveland division game, they throttled them. Uh Tennessee tough game, they won. Ravens tough game, they won. But then Dallas, Cincy and the Jags. I mean, 10 and 0, but you make the case four max uh, are teams that, you know, were, could be marginally considered games that would be in doubt. You don't knock Pittsburgh for beating who's in front of them, but I just I'm not looking at them as, as this 10 and 0 team. Like uh, you know, if Kansas City was 10 and 0, I go, oh, man, you know, they're the team. I still think Kansas City is the team to beat. I'm, am I am I being too harsh to not give the Steelers their due for being 10 and 0? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of nuance to talking about Pittsburgh because, I mean, their defense is exceptional. Their their pass rush is great. They get great pressure with the front four. They've got tons of speed at the second level to pressure the quarterback that way. 
the defense is legit. The offense is pretty pedestrian. I mean, it's a pretty average unit. It grades, you know, 15th or 16th in a lot of stats, or at least it did up until the last two games against Cincinnati and Jacksonville, who are, you know, obviously dregs here in the NFL. I, I think it's fair. I think it's very fair to poke holes in Pittsburgh's resume and to look at their body of work and say, okay, well, you know, if they had faced better opposing offenses, where would the defense be? And would they be able to overcome a pretty mediocre offense? And I think you look back to the first game against Baltimore. Baltimore outgained them by 1.4 yards per play. Baltimore had, what, four turnovers in that game. They were minus three in turnover margin. Pittsburgh had five first downs via penalty. Baltimore still had six more first downs than Pittsburgh did. Baltimore was eight for 15 on third down. So I'm kind of looking at that game, and it's sort of selling me between that and also looking at Pittsburgh's body of work. It's selling me to take the Ravens here plus four and a half, assuming that, you know, they have enough people to play. Hey, Adam, you're in Cleveland, so I don't want you to get away without talking about the Browns a little bit. I, I Impressed is too high, but I, I like what Baker Mayfield's doing. He's he's allowing that run game to, to, to be the difference. He's not trying to do too much. He's not turning the ball over. I, I, I like what Baker Mayfield's doing with the Cleveland Browns. You know, Baker's most effective when they roll the pocket. And Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt did that a ton on Sunday. He's, look, I I know that everyone talks about measurables for quarterbacks and hand size and height and all these types of things. But Baker's lack of height is an issue when he's standing in the pocket. You know, he just doesn't see the field the same way. When he rolls out, when he's on the move, that's when he makes some pretty good plays. He'll find guys along the sideline. And also, too, amazingly enough for him, when he's on the move, Those are higher percentage throws where he doesn't turn the ball over. And Stefanski and Van Pelt have really isolated that this season. And in the games where Baker has been at his best, it's been when they've been moving the pocket. So they've finally made that change that Freddie Kitchens could never figure out, that Hugh Jackson could never figure out. And really that's all Baker has to do with this running game is not turn the football over. But he's been able to stretch the field a little bit and soften up the defense with some moving pockets. And if the Browns continue to do that going forward, they should remain a pretty efficient offense. By the way, just a little 2020 update for you. That the New Mexico Bowl, um, due to current state guidelines, is going to be played in Frisco, Texas <laughs> on December 24th. <laughs> but they're still calling it the New Mexico Bowl. The New Mexico Bowl, Bowl will be in Texas. <laughs> it's unbelievable, and this, this is what we're dealing with. Um yeah, you look forward to these games this weekend. I, it's the, it's the turn for home now. It's it's the stretch run. The extra team uh, in both conferences makes things interesting. But I I really do. I look at the second tier in the AFC. I can see an Indy. I mean, if if Casey Pittsburgh, you want to throw them atop, so be it. But I could see Tennessee, Indy, Buffalo, Baltimore. I could see those teams going on a run. In the NFC, I don't think I can go that deep. Adam, how about you? Yeah, I I mean, the NFC is, I think it's a challenge because, again, you can poke holes in, in all of those teams. I mean, I do think that the Saints have pretty clearly established themselves now as the best team in the NFC. You know, I mean, they've beaten Tampa Bay twice. The defense has come around. Drew Brees gets another little break. I mean, obviously, we'll see how he comes back from the fractured ribs and the injury. And he got a break last year and didn't look all that good in the playoffs. But, you know, anytime you get a guy at his age a few weeks off, I think that's good. Uh, The Rams just, 
you know, they're sneaky good. They just get it done. I think Green Bay is better than they played over the weekend. But, you know, Seattle, I mean, Seattle has no defense. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's a problem. Arizona, they don't have much of a defense either. So, yeah, the AFC is is definitely stronger overall and I think has the, you know, the best team at the top there in Kansas City. And I think if we had to project it right now, it'd, it'd be a Chiefs-Saints Super Bowl for me. By the way, I'm calling my shot right now. Um, I can't help myself. I can be a snark on occasion. The Rams are very good. I think that defense it can be exceptional. It's, it was amazing that you had Ramsey on Mike Evans last night the entire game, and he shut him down, with the exception of one play when two guys couldn't tackle Mike Evans and he scored the touchdown. And that was the end of that. Ramsey was on him the rest of the night. But I'm calling my shot. The Rams will lose their playoff game because they pissed away timeouts. <laughs> it, it's the most unbelievable. They are. I mean, it's my pet peeve of all pet peeves, all these coaches. McFay is a disaster with the timeouts. I mean, he does it every game. Sure enough, they had a bunch of delay games last night. You know, they had a seven-point lead, middle third quarter. There's like a delay game coming, burns a timeout. Then he burned a timeout on a challenge, which I thought was a reasonable thing to do. I, I don't blame him for that one. But I'm telling you guys, these coaches that just don't know the value of timeouts, uh, and the Rams it ultimately will derail the Rams them not having a timeout because they frittered it away, and they do it all. They do it every game, every game. I just wonder if Sean McVay is to blame or if Jared Goff is to blame. Like maybe I, well, it's McVay, whatever. It's taken a long playbook or whatever. I don't but... know. It takes a long time for them to get the play in. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, you well, can't... at the end of the day, those are McVay. details you got to pay attention to in the playoffs. At the end of the day, it's McFay, Adam, because if it is Goff initially, then McFay's got to pull him aside and say, hey, buddy, you don't do that. Yeah. Well, I'm inclined That's to agree fair. with you. I, I, would, I would think it probably is uh, more on McFay's shoulders. Uh, how about any other game on the card, Adam? I'll just throw it your way uh, with significant intrigue. You know, you know what we didn't talk about is, is a goofball game. You said Cleveland, you know, playing Jacksonville. It's a division game, Jacksonville every other game. Those are scary kind of games. Miami laid a touchdown against the Jets. You know, the Jets are winless. They showed some fight last week. And then you get Miami with Tua getting pulled for Fitzpatrick, which some people had an issue with. I did not. But them moving forward, this is one of those games. They think Everybody thinks Miami's going to come in here and roll over these guys. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, I look at the, my I look at Miami and, and the current state of this team, and I sort of wonder about their ability to put margin on somebody. And and to cover a touchdown in the NFL, you got to put margin on somebody. And you got a low total here, forty four and a half total coming down. Even seeing some forty fours out there in the market. And I'm not sitting here saying I'm going to take the Jets because I mean I I like having money. <laughs> I don't want to light it on fire, but I couldn't take Miami. There's no way. That's that's an untouchable game for me. How about one or two that are touchable? Well, I think Kansas City is touchable at this point. I mean, I, I know that they kind of got their scare from the Raiders, but I've talked about this a lot on my show. I firmly believe that the bye week is a detriment because you can't practice. You can't do anything because you're trying not to get COVID. And we have seen teams coming off the bye, the Giants in particular, you know, here just recently with some COVID cases off the bye. You don't do anything. It's not this mental reset or anything like that. 
it's just something that reminds you of, you know, how much of your life is just football inside of a bubble right now. So I'm not super surprised that Kansas City struggled a little bit off the bye. I think they worked out what they needed to. Now they take on a Tampa Bay team where Tom Brady is the weak link of that team. The defense is good. The skill guys are good. The offensive line has had some injuries and some shuffling here of late, but Brady's just not getting it done. You know who gets it done? Pat Mahomes. It's square as it sounds, and I get it. Three and a half is too cheap on Kansas City this week. And one other one I'm kind of looking at here a little bit is Atlanta against, you know, the hometown Raiders there. I just don't think it's a good spot for Vegas. I mean, Atlanta, I you know, they were off the bye last week, didn't play well, didn't seem prepared for Taysom Hill. I think they'll be in better shape here this week. They've played very hard for Raheem Morris. I think Atlanta is kind of a sneaky pick there getting three at home, and maybe three and a half shows up at some point. I don't think so, but maybe you can find a three reduced juice or something like that. All right, he's our friend Adam Burke, ATS.io. I always join Adam on his podcast uh, every Tuesday. Buddy, have a safe trip and a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for doing this. Thanks, Brian. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. All right, Adam Burke uh, joining us here on Sportsbook Radio. Coming up next, always a treat for us. Yeah. Cornucopia guest. Bruce Marshall from the Gold should be joining us next on Sportsbook Radio. Relax. You don't have to actually play these sports. Just know about them. Keep it here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on the Sports Grid Radio Network with Sportsbook Radio in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, one of our favorite guests. Stevie, you concur, my friend? I do. Bruce Marshall from the legendary publication, The Gold Sheet, a fountain of information and all-around good guy. Uh, you're number one in our program in heart, Bruce. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. How you doing? Happy Thanksgiving week, yeah, you and Stevie. And, uh, yeah, great. Uh, you know, we're still playing football this week. And, by the way, my gold sheet, cover story this week thanksgiving memories i go back to the 1965 colts lions game part of the greatest stretch drive in nfl history in 65 which is um, a part of a book project i'm working on i call it december of 65 but i actually dip into november for the first chapter and this thanksgiving game that was off the charts between the colts and the lions and i will recreate it for you goldsheet.com well you read my mind because this was one of the things i was going to say to you um Andy Isco, our buddy's coming on tomorrow, and we'll call on him for some old-time memories. But I remember, uh, you know, high school football games in northeastern Pennsylvania as a kid, run home for the Lions game, go back to the other rivalry high school football game. Then they added the Cowboys. Then they added the third game. But the Thanksgiving memories, Bruce, I mean, man, I, I remember, you know, Alex Karras slopping around in the mud, Greg Landry, uh, and you know some of those old Lions games back when we were when we were kids were formative memories. Well, they were, and back then, you know, in the, the Thanksgiving the parades, Thanksgiving morning, and CBS had used to put several of them on on a special show. They'd have the Macy's parade on, they'd have the Gimbals in Philadelphia, they'd have the one up in Toronto, and they'd have the Hudson's parade in Detroit. And normally, the Hudson's parade they'd always promote. Guess what? Coming up at noon Eastern time, we'll go out to the Lions game. And uh, this year in '65, actually, they had Frank Gifford 
working the Hudson's Parade with Marilyn Vanderbilt, old Miss America. She was young then. And then uh, he rushed over Tiger Stadium and did the pregame show uh, at uh, 12 noon Eastern and the kickoff at 12.15. They used to, in those days, CBS, in championship games and in big games like Thanksgiving, they would split the play-by-play between each team's announcer. And back then, each team sort of had its own announcer for the road game. So it was Van Patrick and Chuck Thompson that day split the call and uh, a game that was really wild and the end of it was uh, uh, off the charts so uh, great memories the, the, a lot of Lions games haven't been great in recent years well, they've uh, well, lost that, the 13 I, of the last 16 at home so exactly I mean that would, uh, funny he keeps reading my mind this game <laughs> I, mean, I know it's a short read the in a weird way we all take ownership of the Lions I mean, there's Monday night football games and teams that are on national TV, but this is every year we watch the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, and yeah. it's your day with your family. And and I always like the visitors in these spots because they treat it like a business trip, and you know, and you just rattle off the numbers for the Lions. But Bruce, I mean, honestly, we're sitting here going, you know, Barry Sanders at times, well, always, but I mean, Barry Sanders was fun to watch. But we had a, a Wayne Fonts team that was pretty good. I mean, how, how, over the years, we we suffer along with Lions fans because we want to watch these guys, and we'd all die for a game that actually means something on Thanksgiving. Yeah, and it's been few and far between, and there used to be some. It's been a while, uh, and uh, they 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 moved into the dome in '75. Uh, so the last game at the old Tiger Stadium was in '74. They played uh, Denver that year, uh, but. In recent years, since they moved into Ford Field, uh, the newer downtown, um, the, the, the success has not been good. They've lost 13 in their last 16 at home. They did squeeze a point spread cover out of that game at the Bears last year when all the quarterbacks were hurt, and, and uh, wow, the, the rookie from Purdue had to play. But uh, they had a nine-game spread losing streak in there, too. So there is no – you hear this everywhere. Oh, the Lions at home on Thanksgiving. Uh-uh, no, they've been bad. And Dallas has a poor record at home on Thanksgiving, too. So home field, at least the last decade plus, has not mattered much in these games. Hey, Bruce, uh, college basketball is going to try to get underway tomorrow. Um, there so many postponements and cancellations. Bruce, I, I, this, this is a daunting task. It, it really is. And, and from a handicapper's uh, side of things, the, the, how, how how are you going to do this? I mean, how, how do you handicap these games with, you know, cancellations and postponements? There's no rhythm to the season, and, and so much of handicapping is rhythm. Yeah, very carefully, I think we have to do it. And at the start, I'm suggesting us with the gold sheet that we go kind of slow with it. And see, it's hard even to say he's even playing tomorrow. A lot of these games have been postponed. We've seen a couple numbers up and not that many. They're going to try to get some of these going, but I mean, it's it's going to be sort of a mess. It could be all the way into January. I really don't think it would have been a bad idea to wait until January to start this whole thing. So what if they go into April or May? You know, well, Patino's idea, Patino's idea has actually been met with some, you know, pretty positive response. Moving it back in, yeah. in play in May, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no, and this college football, too, should not have to adhere to this January 1st thing this year. You know, you can move things around a bit. I don't see, you know, there's just too much 
stuff going on right now, I think, for them to try playing. There's not going to be any fans in these games, and there are going to be postponements left and right. I don't think we're going to get much um, uh, form uh, in this season until we get into January uh, anyway. And I, I'm suggesting we're going to decide today at the goal sheet how we want to proceed with this. We may just wait till the NBA starts in December and do publishing then we might try something or they're just make some picks per day in college. But yeah, you're Stevie, you're right. I mean, the rhythm, it's going to be hard to get into any, it's hard enough anyway in a college season, but this year doubly hard because you're not sure which games are going to be played. And, and some of these teams we've got who's playing, who's not, and who's, who's opting out. It's, it's kind of a mess. Have you been able to find, use your words, have you been able to find form that you can trust and count on in college football? Uh, Yes and no. I mean, no more so than it's always hard. <laughs> I mean, every year. Uh, and, and some of these teams come, but, this, you know, sort of, yes. Um, I am noticing this year, though, I mean, the, the odds makers are really, and they've done it in some games this week. I mean, um, they know where the money is going to come, and they will pump these numbers up to the point where you're, you're, putting too much of a premium on some of these favorites. For example, this week, we've got the Alabama game is way up there now in the mid-20s. I'm not saying Alabama can't do it against Auburn, and they have when the game's been played at home in the Iron Bowl in recent years, but that number is a little unnatural. We've seen it in the MAC, some of these games. I mean, Bowling Green's so bad, and they just pumped that number up so high with Buffalo last week. You know, they took uh, – there was actually an advantage then to go with Bowling Green at that price, so – you know, it's uh, the, the odds makers are, I think, doing a pretty good job with it this year. And because some of these teams have been so disparate one way or the other, they're just not messing around. And they're they're really daring you to take one side or the other with these numbers they're putting up. I mean, do you deem teams overachieving or teams massively underachieving and huge disappointments that would impact your belief in what they've built and what next year would look like? Or do you completely look at this season like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. We'll deal with it as it comes, but I'm not going to draw any long-term conclusions to this kind of season. Well, yeah, perhaps. And that would be more, you know, the athletic directors, you want to fire a coach for what's going on this year, but for us and what we do, we really don't have any other choice, but to look at what's going on right now. I mean, if you want to be involved with this stuff, and it's the same thing when they, whenever preseason football comes again, and I hear this stuff every year out preseason. Yeah, it's its own thing, though. So if you want to, you want to have action, you want to get involved, it, there's its own parameters that maybe don't apply to the regular season, which apply to preseason. This year, some of the stuff might not apply to a normal season, but that's what we've got here in 2020. So try to figure out some plan of action if you want to be involved this season and are still playing these games. Uh, and they still look the same on the field for the most part, then uh, you got to jump in. Um, and you're seeing some of the same stuff. You're seeing some teams really falling apart. Uh, some teams are coming on uh, nicely here. Uh, Pac-12 is kind of interesting, although they are postponing so many games. That makes it hard. Uh, but I think the most interesting thing in the Pac-12, I mean, UCLA doesn't look all that bad. And maybe Chip uh, is getting close to turning a corner. They could have won that game last week at Oregon. They're going with their backup quarterback, too. So there are some things you can pick up on. And I thought UCLA maybe has a fair price this week against Arizona if what I'm seeing is not a mirage from the Bruins. We'll see. And, and we expect the starting quarterback back in that game, right, uh, Bruce? Yeah, DTR is probably going to play. 
although uh, Griffin didn't look too bad in reserve last week, so it looks like Chip's got two quarterbacks he can use. Um, but, yeah, DTR is supposed to be back in there, I believe, on the, the Arizona game this week. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet, kind enough to join us here on Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network. How about the um, – uh, let me throw one at you, Bruce, because you're an outside-the-box thinking kind of guy. And I really think that there's something to this. Like, I, I got this one right. I mean, play on – don't bet Patriots games until halftime. Play on them if they're ahead. Fade them if they're behind. Uh, that's working. Uh, and I'm telling you – the Bills coming off a bye are laying a big number here, five and a half to the Chargers. And I really think Buffalo comes out with a stone in their shoe from, you know, what happened to them in the Arizona game, but buoyed by Miami losing. But the stretch run, Bruce, do you remember, let me just for quick, your, your memory. Do you remember how great Buffalo played last year on Thanksgiving Day at Dallas? Dallas, sure. Yeah. They killed them. All right. That was the first time Buffalo had been on a nationally televised game in God knows how long. It was like a coming out party. And after this week against the Chargers, the Bills play at the Niners on Monday night football, host the Steelers on Sunday night, and then the week after a game at Denver, play New England on a Monday night. I'm telling you, a team like that embraces those kind of situations and and will be so jacked because they've never had that platform to be standalone games, and now they they've earned it, and I think they'll respond to that. Is that an insane angle to bet? No, nothing's insane this year, and that makes sense. We saw it last year. Remember, they won a Sunday night game at Pittsburgh uh, after the Thanksgiving too. So they played well in those featured games, and they do seem to be having a little extra step. So it, that that could make sense. I. We'll see about this week. The Chargers are a very difficult team to handicap uh, because they're in every game, um, and it's usually within a score. Uh, so we'll see. And there, we kind of thought we leaned to Buffalo in that game too, and we liked it over as well because Herbert seems well, yeah. to be weather's going to be some good. Things. Weather might would be okay, so I can see that one going over uh, as well. But uh, I, yeah, it makes sense with Buffalo. We certainly saw it last year. They played very well in the games against the Cowboys and Steelers uh, down the stretch last year when they had a national TV. And, frankly, they should have won that game against Houston in the playoffs. And I don't want to bring that up again, but uh, they played really good for 340. Well, I, hope they learn, I hope they learn a lesson. I mean, they, they squandered a big lead to the Rams, almost lost yeah. the game, squandered a big lead. Uh, to Arizona, ended up losing the game, and they blew the big lead in the playoff game. So I hope they learned from this Hopkins play. Bruce, the gold sheet is spectacular information. Uh, it is uh, a legendary publication. You're a Las Vegas legend. Listen, uh, if your schedule permits, we'll get you on our regularly scheduled thing on Sportsbook Radio tomorrow, heading into Thanksgiving. But thanks for taking a couple of minutes today, bud. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. There you go, Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. Old memories with Bruce. We have, we have some good fun with that. We're going to have good fun in our second hour. Tony Neville's going to be with us in studio. Vinny Malulu is going to join us on the horn. But we'll come back and wrap it up. It just took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you've found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Sports Free Radio Network, which will be on Sirius Channel 204 on January 7th. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, we're excited to be here with you today. Hey. Another hour still to come with Tony Neville, sports director from Treasure Island and Studio, and our buddy uh, Vegas legend Vinny Maliolo. It's going to be good stuff in the second hour. Um, we're motivated to do this, but <laughs> motivation... Well, that's what you were talking about. At this about. time of year in football becomes a big it, part of the handicap. I, I, I think any time you're looking to bet on teams that are motivated to play and you're looking to bet against teams that aren't motivated. Team, teams coming off of big wins tend to have lets downs. Uh, you, you look for those kind of spots. Teams that, have, that, are, that are winning maybe for, for uh, the first time in a while, uh, you want you want to look to play those teams as, as long as you can. They're they're going to ride that out. It's been a long time for them to be in this spot. But the other side of the coin, and there are two sides of a story, right? Would be like Las Vegas at Atlanta. See, I think the Raiders would have been better served getting whipsawed mm-hmm. by the Chiefs than yes. playing so well. Punch to the gut, tough loss. Now you go east to play Atlanta, who at this time of the year, for whatever reason, get dangerous with no pressure, nothing to lose, and they go for it. Sometimes those teams are very dangerous. I think this is a, honestly, I think it's a, not a real good spot for the Raiders, to be honest with you. I agree with you because I, I don't think they feel like they took a punch to the gut. I, I feel like they they feel pretty good over there right now that they, that they hung in there with Kansas City. And, yeah, moral and, and victories, the, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I think but, that's the way they feel right now. Yeah. But I, you better be focused for Atlanta because I'm just saying sometimes a, a team like that is dangerous. So you're right. I think it is a letdown spot for the Raiders. All right. No letdown for us. We're not done. We got another hour. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Motivated. Luckily, actually, we got two more hours. We got Vegas Hockey Alley coming up, too. All right. We're in the AM 1400 KSHP studios. We thank them for letting us do this here. And we are ecstatic to be with you on the Sports Grid Radio Network, hour number two. Coming up, lunchtime with the Linemakers. Coming up next. Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports Grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.